Welcome to Self-Compassionate Professor, a career wellness podcast for mid-career and recovering academics who want more. More meaning, balance, rest, joy, and more clarity. Our motto here is no regrets. So glad you're here. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 56. I'm Danielle Delamar, and we are having springtime. It is a sunny day today, which is so exciting because, you know, we just got through some major snowstorms here in Denver. So yay for that. And I don't know, I I know how you all are feeling, but I'm like, we are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like <laughs> we are actually getting uh, COVID vaccines now. Um, I just got my first one uh, last week and I'll be getting my second one in a few weeks and my husband got his and I have various friends that have gotten theirs and it just feels like there might actually be an end in sight. So I'm just really excited. And I, uh, and the sun today just makes me feel like there is some brightness in the world right now. Um, For the most part, this whole COVID experience, it's been hard, but it hasn't been super hard on me. Um, And I think that I have the last, I don't know, few weeks started to really hit a wall and really started to feel like it was never going to end. And with the snowstorms here and, you know, we're used to having bright and sunny days, the sun being gone and just the same Groundhog Day, right? Over and over and over. I was really starting to wonder if... um it was ever going to end. And I started thinking, is this how extroverts have been feeling the entire time? Because it hasn't been that hard for me. Uh, So yeah, yay, yay, yay for light at the end of the tunnel. So today, I wanted to just tell you right off the bat so that you're not expecting it. We do not have a guest today. There's no interview. I want to say just how grateful I am to all of the guests I've ever had on the podcast. Every single one of them has brought value to this podcast. And I I just, I want to thank you over and over and over again if you've been a guest on the podcast. I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you teaching listeners um what you've learned from your life and your career story. And I have to say the most popular episodes have been um, episode 45 with uh, Dr. Carrie Ann Rockamore. I mean, no surprise, right? <laughs> like She's famous, especially in um, those faculty development circles in higher ed, right? Like she's the founder. Uh, if you haven't listened to it and you don't know who Carrie Ann Rockmore is, you should definitely listen. Um, like I said, it's episode 45 and she is the founder of the Center for Faculty Diversity and Development. And um, after leaving her tenured position, she became an entrepreneur and created this 
super successful company that is still super successful. And she herself has already retired. (laughs) She retired at the age of 45. And I was thinking, well, if I'm going to be on par with Carrie Ann Rockamore, I need to retire in a year and a half. (laughs) That feels like a little bit of pressure. Um, So anyway, yeah. Check out uh, Carrie Ann Rockamore if you haven't. The other like most popular episode I've had is uh, Dr. Lauren Broyles. And this was the one I did two weeks ago. Uh, I talked to her about addiction and academic women. And what I thought was so interesting about her story is that she really talks about the alcohol addiction that she came to develop as something that was a way to manage and balance out and deal with her work addiction. And so Lauren and I, like, we really connected over this stuff because I've been thinking about work addiction for a long time. I have absolutely the capacity to be a work addict, and I have been much of my life. Um, I still have to I still have to tone it down because I tend to overwork. It's a thing that I'm constantly trying to manage. And so when Lauren and I talked um, on the podcast, I just had this really strong feeling that we needed to continue talking about this because she's the only person who I've really been able to connect with um, around this topic that is so deeply personal to me and so very important to me. And she feels the same way. And so we just talked again, just via Zoom, you know, not off, not on the podcast, but just via Zoom earlier this week. We kind of want to do some sort of a project together and we're going to work slowly on it. But um Lauren has been on my mind. Work addiction has been on my mind. The fact that her episode was so, so wildly popular shows me that work addiction is a big issue in academia. Not that I didn't already know that, um, but this was just sort of more evidence. So I got Lauren that I'm thinking a lot about. Just talked to her this week. And then I know that spring break is happening for many of us um over the and and it has happened already for many of us and maybe some of us are having spring break this coming week but I was thinking about work addiction I was thinking about spring break coming up and those two things were intersecting and so that's how today's topic was sort of born I started really thinking about what I used to do when I was a faculty member on during spring break and all of the thoughts that went through my mind and all of the work I used to do and all of the ways that I would find to not actually take a break on spring break. And so I thought, I know that I am not the only one. And I started thinking, why not talk about this and talk about how people can actually start to take a spring break, even when they feel like they can't. What I started thinking is, well, I know my experiences as tenure track faculty and my own work addiction and my own inability to just take a break. And 
I know so many of the stories that I've heard, you know, on the podcast, but also from clients. And I'm thinking, I want to put together a little episode about this sort of composite experience. So this is not based on any one person. It's based on a number of people who I have talked to and and whose stories are salient in my mind. Um, and it's also based on my own experiences as an academic. So let's call this person that I'm making up based on a bunch of real stories. Let's call this person Jody. I have a friend named Jody, so I thought I'd call her Jody, not because Jody really reminds me of this person. Actually, Jody is one of those really well-balanced people. So it's interesting I'm calling her Jody. Um, but anyway, my composite Jody is somebody who identifies as a woman. She is a mother of small children, let's say two small children. And by the way, the reason I'm grounding this in like very specific context is because I find that talking in specifics is way more palatable, is way more digestible than talking in these huge sort of generalities. So again, we're talking about Composite Jody, who is a woman. She's a mother of two small children. She's tenure track faculty at a small liberal arts college. Um, she's about to go up for tenure. She's really close, but she hasn't gone up quite yet. And it's the pandemic. So she's super, super overwhelmed. Uh, she does not have regular daycare for her children. Um, she's She and her husband are trying to figure out how to balance childcare and work, and they are struggling a lot. And they live in a in a city that is away from grandparents. Uh, so they don't have any family members to draw on for childcare. And she is struggling to get all of the work she needs to get done for her tenure case, right? Like she finds that she's putting all of her, all of her attention and all of her focus into her teaching because, because she wants to be a good teacher because she wants to be there for her students. And and she's putting her the sort of secondary attention into her, her own kids and she because she wants to be a good mom and she wants to be there for her, her kids as well. Um, and so what's happening is the research piece and the service piece, those things are sort of falling to the wayside. And her kids are on their iPads more than she's okay with. She just kind of plugs them in so she can get work done. And she doesn't even really remember at this point what it's like to have free time. She has novels that she would love to read, but doesn't have the time to read them. She has movies that she'd love to see, but doesn't have the time to see them. She wants, she craves more exercise. She's somebody who used to exercise very regularly before the pandemic, and now she's unable to do so just because she always has little kids with her and because job demands just feel too heavy. She doesn't have the time in her mind to get that done. And she's really hit a wall. Like she can't think anymore. She's just in this state of like, 
brain fog and you know she often will plug her kids into the iPads and then she'll get on her phone and just scroll through Facebook and so she's just not inspired by anything she feels super stuck she knows something has to give um she has contemplated doing her career in a new different way for a long time but the pandemic has made it so she feels even more pressure to change something. I, I mean, something really does have to give. Uh, she needs more space for herself. Um, and But she doesn't know what a new sort of approach to career would look like. She doesn't know if that means leaving academia or if it means like changing the way she does her work as an academic. She has no idea how to do this. And she doesn't feel like she has the, the mental energy or space to do it. All right. So enter spring break. Spring break comes along and she's like, oh, thank goodness. Yes, 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 yes. This is my chance to catch up on everything I'm behind on, right? This is my chance to work on things I want to work on. I want to get done that I haven't been able to do because of my classes. So what I'm going to do over spring break is I'm just going to run really fast and get a bunch of stuff done. I'm just going to knock it out because I'm going to have all this time and space to knock it out. So in the mornings, I'm going to grade because I hate grading and I just want to get it over with. So every morning I'm going to grade for the first two hours and then I'm going to work on this and I'm going to work on this. And she has this plan. She knows what she's going to do. She's put it in her calendar. She said, these are the appointments to get stuff done and I'm going to do it. So spring break is going to be her chance to get on top of it. Spring break is going to be her chance to get things done so that she doesn't have to work as hard the rest of the semester. So yeah, in order to buy time and space for herself, the stuff she knows she desperately needs, she's like, I am going to get some work done. Then I can actually enjoy my kids. Then maybe I can read a little bit of a novel, uh, at least a few pages before I go to bed at night because I won't have so much pressure. So spring break comes along and she wakes up early the first morning, that Monday morning when she's really devoted to getting work done. And she feels drained and she feels tired and she feels a lot of anxiety because everything that needs to happen to buy her a little time and space needs to happen now. She just wishes she could take a break right now. And she falls into some sadness, some tears. Everybody in her house is asleep right now, but she's pushing herself to get some stuff done so that she can be sleeping in a little bit too by next week. So she's super anxious to get stuff done. She's pushing herself to get stuff done. And when she sits down to focus on getting that stuff done, her brain is not working. It's not being efficient. It's not being effective. And she's super frustrated. And that's how spring break goes. It's this state of anxiety and frustration and anger at herself for not being able to use this time effectively. Spring break ends and... She hasn't gotten any of what she'd hoped she'd get done, done. And honestly, she feels worse about herself right now. And she's beating herself up more than she did previously. And she's telling herself, you are such a failure, Jody. You 
didn't get this work done like you were supposed to. Maybe you shouldn't earn tenure. And she says it to herself with this disgust and this irritation. And so now she's not only dealing with all the pressures that she was dealing with pre-spring break, now she's dealing with anger. Now she's dealing with being beat up by herself. And that Monday after spring break, she's running faster, she's running harder, more running is the very last thing that she needs. The absolute very last thing that she needs. She's more exhausted than ever. So this is the deal. Jody has tried so hard to find some sense of grounding, some sense of orientation, some clarity about how to navigate all the pressures. But what she really needs is to actually find her footing, her grounding, her clarity in the present moment, in her body, not in her mind, right? Her mind is running away with her and she is trying to keep up. She's believing all of its lies that she needs to work over spring break and she needs to overwork every day. And her body, her spirit, and her mind are exhausted from running this fast and this furiously. If you recognize yourself in Jody's story, and my guess is most of you do, hit the pause button. Quit trying to outrun. Quit trying to get it all done. Quit trying to push and push and push so that you can prove yourself, so that you can prove your worth. Hit the pause button. Your mind will never stop. Those lies about all the reasons you need to keep going will never stop unless you take a stand against them. Tell your mind, no, I am not going to believe you right now. I am not going to let you sabotage me right now. I am not going to let you rob me of the space I need for a thriving mind and body and soul. I'm not going to let you do that. And I know you're going to get angry with me and you're going to tell me all the reasons I'm messing up when I decide to take a break. And I'm going to say to you, honey, you're wrong right now. What I really need, what my body and my spirit are telling me is a break. I need a break. Jody pushed herself to get so much done over spring break and she got more tired and she got more frustrated. And for what? She didn't get anything done. Had she just taken a break, she would have felt more rested so that she could have tackled the things she needed to tackle. Martha Beck says that resting is actually a power position because when you rise, from that resting position, you are stronger, you're more empowered, you're more grounded, you're clearer about priorities and what actually needs to get done versus what your fear-based mind is telling you needs to get done. So if you already had your spring break and you tried to work through it, you did what Jody did, I'm going to urge you to take a break now. Take a break this week. Slack off. Take a power position. Find your grounding. Reorient yourself. And if this is your spring break, do those things now and tell yourself spring break exists so that you can actually take a break. <laughs> right? Take a break. Listen to your body. Take a second. Close your eyes. 
and ask yourself what your body actually needs. Ask yourself what your spirit actually needs. What are you craving? Are you craving some novelty in this weird pandemic, the Groundhog Day world we live in? Maybe go take a quick trip. Maybe do a staycation. Maybe try something new every day this week. Go to a museum. Go on a hike. Watch the movie. If you are exhausted and burned out and depressed and frustrated and feeling hopeless, those are signs that you need to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Have a conversation with yourself. Figure out what you need and make a commitment to honor that. You know, talking to Lauren Broyles about work addiction and thinking about my own experiences with work addiction has me really realizing that overwork is perhaps one of the most devastating problems of our time. I don't know if anyone has read that book that Bronnie Ware wrote some years ago about the top regrets people have on their deathbed. She took care of people who were dying and she talked to them and learned a whole lot about what it feels like to be on your deathbed and what it feels like to regret not living the life you wished you would have. And one of the the top five regrets is working too much. Another one is not staying in touch with your friends. Think about that. How many of us don't stay in touch with our friends because we're overworking, because we're too busy for them? If you fast forward to the end of your life and you ask that person who's about to die what she would have done in this situation as an academic who was about to overwork, what do you think she would say? She would say, oh my God, don't, don't overwork. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your spring break. Connect with your kids, connect with your friends, do the things you want to do because you don't have this life forever. So I know I've gotten kind of heavy here at the end, but I think it's important to put all of this in perspective. It is a week of your life that you can spend either connecting to yourself and connecting to your loved ones, or it's a week of your life that you can spend in a frenzy and stressed out and angry and frustrated. What do you choose, right? What emotions do you choose? I know I choose strength and happiness and connection and presence and attending to myself and attending to my loved ones. That's what I choose. And I think that if Jody hits the pause button and gives herself half a chance to make a good decision, she'll choose the same thing. Look at that to-do list and cross out all the things you do not have to do this week. Tell yourself you'll do them later, but this week you're taking a break. And if you can cross out everything, a gold star goes to you, my friend. If there's any way to clear some of your to-do items by passing them to somebody else, do that. And if you absolutely have to do something, find a way to make that thing a little bit more palatable. Put on music that you love. Sit in your favorite chair. Sit in your favorite room in the house. Light some candles or some incense. Do something that will make that task feel better. Give yourself a break before you do the thing. Give yourself a break after you do the thing, right? Before I do this thing, I'm going to go get myself a Starbucks. 
And after I do this thing, I'm going to take a damn nap, right? I'm going to put the kids in front of that damn Disney movie and I am going to take a nap, right? There are creative ways to think about this. There are creative ways to take a break. Don't stick to what your rigid mind is telling you to do. Stop listening to all the lies your inner critic is telling you, right? Your inner critic is our culture's messed up way of thinking that you've internalized. Don't honor that crap. So many of us think we have to be successful, then we'll be happy, but it's exactly the opposite. You have to get happy. You have to find a feeling state that you feel calm and peaceful and content and grounded in before you can experience the successes you want to experience. How's that for a lecture, (laughs) y'all? Thank you so much for listening today. Please take a break. Please, please, please take a break. It is not only good for you, it's good for the people around you. And the more we're willing to take breaks, the more we make it okay for other people to take breaks. So do the good work for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for your community, for the larger culture. So thank you so much for um, being with me. And I wish you so much rest, so much play, so much joy over spring break this year. All right. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Self-Compassionate Professor. Find me on LinkedIn at Danielle Delamar, on Twitter and Instagram at Danielle SC Prof, or schedule a free coaching consult at selfcompassionateprofessor.com. Be well. Be well.